everyone, and welcome to Hanging by a Thread Behind the Scenes. My name is Jolene Marie Richardson. I am a costume designer and fashion historian and your host as I unravel the details and sit down with different people in the horror industry and horror adjacent today. Um, so today on the podcast, I have a former colleague of mine, a friend, um, Christine, who is a costume designer. Um, not only just a costume designer, she's worked for Disney. She's worked on a ton of amazing projects. Um, and you might be thinking, Disney's not really horror. Disney can be horrifying when there's lots of people in the parks. But um, she is a huge horror fan, and I had to bring her on because her love of Jaws and Ghostbusters just supersedes all of that pixie dust. <laughs> Welcome, Christine. So excited to be here. Yay. So, um, yeah, let's just start out with, like, what got you into costuming? Were you always like a theater kid? Like what was your journey into finding your role at Disney? And I was little, um, my parents have always owned their own business, right? And so I would get dropped off at my grandmother's house. And what is my grandmother amazing at sewing? This woman can make anything. We would tell her, you know, two weeks in advance what we all wanted to be for Halloween. And she would whip up a costume in the blink of an eye for me and all my cousins. She made all my costumes for, yes, all my theater productions as a kid. <laughs> I had, everybody had rentals for The Wizard of Oz in the sixth grade, but I guess we had a custom Glinda dress yes. for this gal. <laughs> so she has always made the most gorgeous costumes, most gorgeous dresses, anything we wanted. She would see it at the store or like take the ad out of the newspaper and then go home and make it herself. So I've always seen her create that way. And so that's what really got me into creating. And I've always loved to draw. Um, my parents never limited, you know, a new pack of crayons, new pack of markers, just stuff to get me creative. Um, so that bug had always been in my system. But then this wonderful, amazing film called The Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> and I was already a Star Wars nerd as a kid. And those gorgeous, gorgeous costumes blew my mind. And I thought, I want to do that. I want to be part of that. I want to make magic like that happen on the screen. And so I started getting into costume design and then um, went to college and studied international business, which is not costume design and did <laughs> terribly. Uh, but I did costumes for fun. I worked in the costume shop because um, I could sew and I enjoyed it. And it was my fun free time activity. And then my professor called my dad and said, she's really good at this. You should let her give this a shot. And I'm forever grateful for Janine McCabe and all that. And so I got my degree in costume design, went to grad school for costume design and scenography and got to do some lighting, got to do some uh, sound, and got to do some scenic, and then got my internship with Disney. So I started as a costumer intern, worked on the Festival Fantasy Parade, which was just mind-blowing and exciting, and had the best mentor, Jansen, mm. and um, got to work with Glenn, our, our dear friend, who um, was just such a, a huge part of Disney for so many years. And um, then I, I lucked into a position because there was a huge party that was happening in France and they needed extra hands. And it's it's just happily ever after after that. That's fantastic. Wow. So Oh, so you got to go. And I, that's one of the parks that I haven't seen yet that I want to is Disneyland Paris. And like, I know that there's the pictures of like the crazy Jessica Rabbit <laughs> walk around. But there's like so many other characters out there that we don't have on this side of the ocean, which is incredible. Like what kind of characters did you see when you were out there? Part of an experience where we got to meet our friends from Big Hero 6. So we wow. got to meet them in their awesome armor with all that beautiful Kevlar texture. We got to see uh, Super Baymax. We got to see Fred in his um, lizard costume and without the top of the costume on so you could see his little beanie and his cute little hair cute. and his cute little face. So. 
Um, we got to see Go-Go skate around. Um, that, that was such a fun experience. That's amazing. So um, what has been your favorite project? Now, you just opened three shows on The, the Wish, which is the new cruise line ship. Um, but do you have a favorite project on land, on sea that you've done at Disney? That is a loaded question. <laughs> They're all so I know. I just, everything is so different. I mean, right. I've, I've gotten to, not to brag, but mm-hmm. I got to wake up in Hollywood after we did the Zootopia premiere. Tommy Chong winked at me. Check that off the bucket list. <laughs> um, made eye contact with Shakira. Holy moly. Uh, and then uh, woke up that morning, got on a plane to go to New York City so that I could finish a project out there. And I, it's it's been... Everything I could have ever hoped to do, I've done in the nine years I was with the company. So I'm, I'm totally, I feel like Jerry Seinfeld. I'm leaving everybody on a high note after nine seasons. I'm leaving you wanting more. <laughs> so, I mean, everything Star Wars. I got to be one of the costume designers for the Galactic Star Cruiser. I've gotten to work on pieces uh, for the... Uh, Star Wars inspired pieces for the new ship. And I, I sit in a meeting and I look up and I'm like, wow, that's... That's Doug Chang and Dave Filoni, and I'm I'm talking with them, and they're there, and oh my god, they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing, and imposter <laughs> syndrome kicks in. But I just get to be in a room with people who inspired me to do what I'm doing. I mean, Doug yeah. Chang designed the uh, Naboo Starfighter, which is my all-time favorite Star Wars ship, and then he let me design a costume that is officially a Lucas costume now. So that was that's incredible. That, that probably takes the cake. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, did you, when you were working on the Star Wars stuff, did you get to meet, like, um, Shauna Tippett, who's the costume designer for Book of Boba Fett? Like, did you meet any of the Disney Plus designers that were working on the shows? Pretty exclusively with uh, the creative execs. So we had a lot of one-on-one meetings, um, like with Doug Chang. He would come in and do our approvals, and then it was working with our high-ups and our partners with Walt Disney Imagineering to make sure that what we were doing was continuing to tell the story in the most authentic way possible, um, but making sure that we are true to the Lucas legacy. Gotcha. That's wow. That's incredible. Um, and then you and I got to do a really fun project together. One Halloween, we did an overnight and did Hocus Pocus, the villain spectacular, and the Booty You Parade, which arguably is the best parade at Walt Disney World. Anybody would fight you on that. It <laughs> yeah. is the best. Anybody who loves a little bit of pixie dust with their spooky, yeah, it's the best. And one of the most catchiest songs. In parade history, I think. <laughs> it's an earworm, all right. Yeah. Um, and you got to do Monsters After Dark. Let's talk about that. That's fun. It is the only time in my Disney career that <laughs> someone uh, looked at me from a creative team and said, I think it needs more blood. <laughs> Definitely needs more blood. Because I had um, designed the costumes for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disney California Adventure. Oh, fun. Um, but in this, <clears throat> excuse me, in this overlay... Um, we get to see the monsters and what happens when all of the creepy crawlies in Tavon's collection break out and kind of come after the guests. So we needed, and this was partnering with Joe Rohde, who is, you want a story and you want to know the ins and outs of the story and every layer of the story and the history of the story. He's the guy. Um, he asked for something that felt like a Guardians inspired safety vest um, but mid-emergency, mid-catastrophe. Wow. So, you know, I put some scratches on there, and I put a little bit of dirt, and I put some, you know, stuff that may have been alien blood so it wouldn't be too, too spooky. And then he sat me down and said, this is 
this is the after dark. This is this is where we're gonna get our adults. This is where we're gonna get <laughs> the little extra bit of spooky scary. So uh, yeah, feel free to put some blood spatter on there. Put put a little more blood. A little more blood. Could use more blood. <laughs> so I still have um my strike off fabric sample of that that I keep in my little box of of my little happily ever afters that uh, has that Disney. Uh, approved blood spatter on it. So if you ever got to ride the attraction, you saw it. <laughs> that's oh, that's so cool. Well, I'm I'm we're planning on doing a trip out to Disneyland because I've never been to Disneyland either. Um, I've only been to the Florida one, so I will definitely ride it and I will I'll keep my eyes out. <laughs> and I know that Disneyland does a lot more, which is cool. I think which which Florida doesn't get, which I'm kind of upset, was that they, they do a lot of these more like after hours parties and and they're more, um not adult oriented because it's still Disney, but they are marketed towards like the older teen, older adult crowd because they have a lot of annual pass holders, which I think is really awesome because I think that's like, because it is, it's a lot of annual pass holders out in California, right? So like they keep the diversity up by offering these really cool like after hour parties and Valentine's Day specials and like mission breakout parties. And I know that they had um, zombie Captain America this past Halloween, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Did you get to, to work on that or was that? Partners out in California who designed and developed um, that offering. But it's just, it's so cool to see how uh, the different parks across the globe celebrate these stories in different ways. Um, yeah. If you've ever been to Disneyland Paris and seen uh, their equivalent of the Haunted Mansion that's actually Phantom Manor, I mean, you have an opera singing skeleton in a top hat and then you go, instead of going like into the graveyard in the back that we all love with our grim grinning ghosts, you are going down into the crypts and there are skeletons actively pulling each other out of their graves. But you got, I mean, look at your audience. These these are the people that walk past the catacombs to go get a cup of coffee, you know? Right. So it's, it's really appreciating the different cultures in which these attractions exist. Again, still focusing on telling the authentic Disney story and uh, what our Imagineers are trying to bring to life or to death in this instance. <laughs> um, but it's it's always fascinating to me to see the different ways we do that, or we yeah. did that. <laughs> That's amazing. And, there, and I know that there's one, I don't know if they still have it, but Hong Kong Disney has that super spooky, like almost mystical toy coming to life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that one's so pretty cool in, too. Culturally, and I don't want to misspeak on this, but um, we don't look at our ancestors and and the people who have passed as as a spooky being who's there to haunt us. And so they went with the mystical route, um, looking at magic and looking at incantations and looking at um, otherworldliness, just in a different way. We're not looking at at beings who have passed on, um, but they're just taking on spooky in a different way. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Um, And you, and then... So you're just a big spooky fan in general. Like, how was that working at Disney and just being a big fan of horror? <laughs> Birthday age, Nightmare Before Christmas kind of hit us all in the right place at the right time, right? And then we yeah. Disney kind of kind of stepped into that. And then we saw the overlay at Disneyland. Another point of, man, I wish we had this in Florida. Yeah. Um, Haunted Mansion Holiday. Um, it allowed you to be spooky with a smile. And, mm-hmm. you know, I... But also, I mean, I'll never forget. I'm what I'm in middle school and I sit down at the table with my best friend, Katie P we're having lunch and she's like, my mom just let me see this crazy new scary movie. It's called scream. I'm going to tell you all about it. (laughs) And I'm sitting there. She gets to the words doggy door and I'm done. 
I am, I've never been so scared in my life. And all she is doing is telling me about this movie that she was allowed to see, that I was definitely not going to be allowed to see until it came out on VHS and girlfriend brought me over and I watched it at her house and I didn't sleep for three days and it set my heart on fire for scary things. I mean, I've never, like, I love Ghostbusters. We can talk about some Ghostbusters, but, but to me, I mean, Scream is, is a whole nother level. Yeah. And my top three favorite movies of all time, Ghostbusters, Jaws, and Scream. Yeah. Forever and ever. So why, so why Jaws? Jaws just has always hit a chord with me. The, the not knowing, looking at this abyss of water. I mean, Mm. water's already terrifying. The beach is already terrifying. You never know what's, what's under that water and not seeing the monster for a solid two thirds of that movie. Like you don't see him full on Bruce, the shark, my son's namesake (laughs) approach that boat approach the orca and you see chief brody's face and it's it's just you know you know they're in some deep business yeah i mean even when you see you get that little glimpse of him in the pond you get that little glimpse of him when he eats alex kintner and and but you but you don't know what happens to pivot you don't know how it went down with that dog you just right. know that there's a stick floating in the water and there is no more puppy right so that's terrifying not knowing is terrifying so how how far away did you grow up from the beach Oh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. But I've also been a swimmer my whole life. Oh, and okay. The everybody knows that the way you get to the end of that lane faster is to imagine some magical version of shark that can live in chlorine and you just swim until you can't <laughs> swim anymore. I mean, we've all had that thought, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. got to be a shark in this pool. There has to be a shark in this pool. Yeah. And I um, grew up lifeguarding as well at a, um, it's a rock quarry that's been converted into a swimming facility that's fully chlorinated and filtered. It's gorgeous. Oh, wow. In Louisville, Kentucky. So not beach adjacent. Um, <laughs> but it's huge. And it's got, it's got rocks and it's got uh, algae and, and it's got everything that you see in the opening credits of Jaws before you see the names. It's, right. it's, it's real creepy. Yeah, because um, one of my other friends also loves Jaws, and he grew up on the coast of Massachusetts. So I'm wondering if it's like coastal kids are like forever scarred by <laughs> by Jaws. I wouldn't doubt it. And well, and also my the first victim in Jaws, Chrissy Watkins, in the book Christine is her full full oh, first yeah. name, and you know that be me swimming alone, blonde <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> Minding my own business, eaten by a shark. And now let's let's talk about Ghostbusters, because I mean, like you were saying, like there's a certain level to Scream where it is. I mean, Wes Craven knows what he's doing when he crafts a movie, right? Like he's he hits you hard. There's some comedic elements, but it is mostly like he knows how to get to your core. And then Ghostbusters is kind of looking at what movies were doing in the '80s and they now were poking fun at what these movies were, but they did it in such a way where it's not, it it is, there's a campness to it, but it's not hokey. It holds up like the jokes still hold up some of them, (laughs) but, and, and these creature designs, they really hold up that we still get Ghostbuster movies in 2022. Like that's incredible. Like, so what was your first experience with Ghostbusters? Like Ghostbusters wasn't for me. If okay. that makes sense. Like I looked at, I mean, I, I vividly remember eating almost a whole tube of the Slimer toothpaste as a kid. And we've all got like certain foods that stick out in your brain from childhood. For me, it's a kid cuisine uh, with the neon pop quiz popcorn. Yes. If you remember that. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's a flavor. <laughs> and, but what do you wash it down with? An ecto cooler. Uh-huh. I see 
Ecto Cooler with Slimer right there on the packaging. I hit at the right moment where I got the cartoon version of Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, if you will. Okay. And my favorite Ghostbuster, Egon Spengler, happened to be blonde. And I I could do that. I could be an Egon. I, I never felt like Ghostbusters was because, you know, 80s and child of the 80s and 90s just for boys. Right. Um, Star Wars was. I couldn't be a Star Wars fan as a little girl um, without getting made fun of, but nobody cared if you like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was for everybody. Right. And even the live action film, I mean, there's a couple jokes in there that are a little bit on the racy side for a yes. kiddo, but it went over my head. All I was caring about was the ugly little spud that was slimy people. Right. I mean, it was great. And as I got older, the comedy, it's just, I mean, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, and you put them in a room together, and, and Egon, Harold Remus, he's just so dry, and I mean, that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. Like, it's so funny. Like, one of the best jokes in that movie is Dan Aykroyd, listen, you smell something? Why is that funny? Why is that hilarious? Why does that stand out to this day as being a great joke? Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're funny, and then you can... At, you know, getting older and getting into costume design and getting into what those iconic looks are and going to conventions and cosplaying as a Ghostbuster. It's easy. It's comfortable. I made my own motherboard. Is it film accurate? No. Is anybody ever going to clock me on it? None of my Ghostbuster friends have ever had a problem with anybody else's homemade props. No. You're, what's your version of film accurate? Are you going for Ghostbusters? Are you going for Ghostbusters 2? Are you going for more of a gray um, light suit? Are you going for more of the khaki? Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Do you want right. the yellow hose? Do you want the clear hose? Everybody's there to have fun. Ghostbusters is fun. Yeah. It's just a ton of fun. But there's also like skeletons driving cabs. So yeah. <laughs> and let's do we even go into Sigourney Weaver? Do we even like jump into that? Oh, I mean, I mean she's Goldman incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she's incredible. The entire movie. I mean, and that I just the image that really sticks out to me of her is when she is framed in the doorway with the smoke behind her, and she's in that like gold sparkled pleated you know very 80s wrap dress and you're just and her hair is perfectly quaffed and you're like yes yeah the eyes yeah and I mean she's just she's just a whole lot of woman yeah and she's amazing and she's managed to be like the straight man in this buddy comedy mm-hmm. where all these guys are just flubbing it up and and but she needs their help obviously she needs some yeah. ghost busted and but she just so effortlessly exists in this film and then owns it. Yeah. I just I love me some Sigourney Weaver, let's be real. I know. Oh, she's fantastic. I mean, but and her range. I mean, that's just a testament to her range. Like she just came off of the high of alien, where she's ass kicking. She's she is the one in charge. She's again that straight man, but she's like getting it, you know, like she's the one setting the rules, setting the boundaries. And the and their final girl, and then she comes in in this bombshell dress. So like, you, like, get a woman who could do both. You know, like that's she's she's a professional cellist. She's yeah. got such range. Yeah, she's fantastic. So what did you think? I know you've cosplayed a lot, and I've got some good pictures that I'm going to put up on the Instagram of you, which are fantastic. And I live for these pictures. When you started posting these a few years back, I was like, yes, Christine, these are amazing. So you also have a love for the 2016 Ghostbusters. 
Give yeah. me any Ghostbusters. Anybody that wants to complain about, well, it's not my Ghostbusters. Well, you know what? A lot of people didn't like the Star Wars prequels either, but it's still yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. 2016 Ghostbusters is still Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it has, what are, what are the points for me that make a Ghostbusters film a Ghostbusters film? It's funny. It's got friendship. I don't, you know, I, I never grew up with the romance movies. It's not my jam. I just yeah. like to see a bunch of cool people hanging out together, busting ghosts. And yeah. they are smart and they are funny and they bicker and they get along and they eat Pringles and they bust ghosts <laughs> and it's everything I could have ever wanted. And also just cool science ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, cool MTA lady. Yes. Like it's just, it, it's everybody coming from all over and they're funny and, and I, it's great. It feels yeah. like a Ghostbusters movie. It does. I super enjoyed 2016 the incel neckbeards can get bent because that movie is fantastic. I I look at it as like the original Ghostbusters was that class of SNL's royalty. And now we have our class of SNL's royalty being being incredible. It just ha- so happens that they're women. But it felt so refreshing to see women joking around and speaking like women do. Like it felt like me having a conversation with my girlfriends, like just joking. Percent. Yeah. Like it, it was like that whole scene where they're dancing and like Kate McKinnon's eating Pringles and she's like doing the, the dance with all the, all the um, experiments and, and Kristen Wiig is dancing and like, and they're joking like that whole interaction just felt so organic. And I was like, yes, this is what women actually do. We don't do all these cheesy things that you think we do in these slasher movies. We do this. Right, we're not all running up running up the stairs with heels on and, and, you know, we don't, we don't all need, Oh, I borrowed my boyfriend's white tank top and suddenly it's skin tight on me. How did that happen? We've all seen that happen in a horror movie. Um, but I mean, I, Kate McKinnon had me, the costume designs in that flipping movie had me at paint covered overalls and you can see a little bit of side tummy and you can see a little bit of not perfect hair and you can see jumpsuits with neon banding on them and Mm -hmm. combat boots and I'm just everybody's existing authentically it's beautiful it's that's as deep as I can get with a Ghostbusters movie but yeah I uh, and then you've okay are we not going to talk about the himbo Oh, yeah. We're going to put Chris Hemsworth in this movie, but he's going to be a moron. Right. He's going to be a beautiful idiot. Yeah. And everybody got so mad at that. And I'm like, well, what are women doing in all of these other movies? This is essentially the role that you've given women for how many eons. So, like, you know? And he gets his due. I mean, he gets possessed at the end and he gets on the motorcycle. And her life is good. Yeah. Everything is great. It works out fine for him. Chris Hemsworth is fine. Yeah. He'll be okay. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so you've seen the new Ghostbusters. I haven't yet. So what, what were your thoughts on the newest Ghostbusters installment? A new generation getting to meet Ghostbusters in whatever okay. form it is. For me, my first introduction was that cartoon that came out after the film. Yeah. Um, but got me into the film as a little kid. Um, just, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but that film, the characters were so authentic. And just looking behind the scenes... Um, like what Jason Reitman's relationship with his, with his father is and getting to work him into the film in little subtle ways, um, working together with him, seeing how their relationship, I mean, because that's inspired him as a filmmaker, his dad's mm-hmm. work, and 
I think it was just a beautiful tribute, not only to the characters, but to the saga that is Ghostbusters. This is picking up where, you know, the originals left off. And, and I think that it's, it's beautiful. And I've gotten the experience. I haven't seen this one with my nephew, but I got to watch um, the original and then he called Lady Ghostbusters, (laughs) which I love. I'm here for that. I need that. Um, And, and he, he was six or seven and I asked him what he thought and he liked them for different reasons. I think the little, um, what, what do we call post-millennials? What do we call the tinies these days? Oh, Gen Zers or yeah, whatever yeah. we call them. <laughs> um, certainly the effects of 2016 stood out to him a little bit more. The different right. type of comedy stood out to him, but he enjoyed them both. And I would love to see what he thinks of this newest one because it really, I think it's a love letter to Ghostbusters as opposed to a continuation of, of the saga. Okay. I I will watch it. I think I was just a little upset that when 2016 was being promoted, like the original creators were behind it, Dan Aykroyd and all of them, and they were championing it. And then as soon as it didn't, I felt like as soon as it didn't do well at the box office, now I wasn't obviously part of the marketing of this movie, but I, what I witnessed was that as soon as it wasn't doing quote unquote, as well as they had hoped. And a lot of people, men on the internet got angry. It, it's like they backpedaled. And then when this one came out that Dan Aykroyd was like, well, this is the sequel that we needed. And I was like, but you had that and you could have made that something special too. And you kind of let it die. And so that was what upset me about it, but I'll watch it. I know my fiance has watched it and he, he liked it. So I'll watch it. <laughs> People on the internet seem to not enjoy having their cheese moved around when it comes to their childhood. Yeah. They seem to think that anything new takes away from what they had. But, you know, funny story, there's like an infinite amount of happiness in the world and you yeah. can be happy and other people can be happy and it doesn't make you less happy. Absolutely. It's super wise, I know. But (laughs) I think people get a vibe that, you know, Kylo Ren's going to ruin Darth Vader for me. To bring everything back to Star Wars like I do. Oh, no. Um, But it doesn't. No. Everything can kind of exist together. And it's like a fun cafeteria of entertainment where if you want the Jell-O cup, you can get the Jell-O cup. Not everybody has to get the Jell-O cup. I love that analogy. I'm going to be using that analogy from now on. Yeah, because it's true. Like, there's Kylo Ren, and then there's Darth Vader, and then there's Darth Maul. Like, I don't know. I'm not that well-versed in Star Wars, but I know the villains. And I know that they all exist in – it's it's a galaxy, right? Like, you have a huge world. So, like, allow it to be huge. You want the, the breath of it to be there. You can enjoy – Slimer and and terror dogs and Zool and all of that and also enjoy safety lights are for dudes. That's right. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So did you um, get to? Because I just missed this. Did you get to see the Ghostbusters show at Universal Studios in the nineties? That like stage show that they had. Okay, that was back in the beautiful era of slime and filmed in front of a live I studio know. audience. <laughs> And sitting at home in Louisville, Kentucky, begging to go to Universal and to see what all that was about. But so, alas, I missed that. Yeah. But I did get to experience their Halloween Horror Nights house a few years back, right oh. before this whole Rona thing went down. And they had to keep physically moving me through because I was just looking around, enjoying being <laughs> in the middle of all of it. It was just, so, it was, it was nice. It was a nice experience. It yeah. was, it was like a friendly walk in the park 
but for spooky kids. I love that. Yeah, they had to do that to me during the exorcist house. I was like in the power of Christ compels you room and I was like crying and the woman was like, are you okay? You need to keep moving. And I was like, it's so beautiful. And she was like, ma'am, just keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they do was, an incredible job. It was so good. That was, I mean, that was also me in the house of a thousand corpses house, <sighs> like screaming, who's your daddy? Like it was... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm an adult. I promise. <laughs> I mean, but Horror Nights is, is that fun. Like you can have that kind of fun when you're walking through these houses and that's what makes the event so incredible. Like it's one of my favorite events. I go every year. Like I, I feel, I feel like there's something missing if I miss a Horror Night event because I'm oh, like, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you get that dose of nostalgia too. Like mm-hmm. is the Rob Zombie dance party area necessarily terrifying? No. no. Will I stand there and watch this girl act out Living Dead Girl for the 4,000th time? Yes, of course I'm going to because <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, not everything needs to scare me with an edge of my life. The um, Texas Chainsaw House, I almost passed out. Um, didn't realize there was going to be a Leatherface waiting after the exit oh, to yeah. come at you. Um, tripped, fell, screamed, almost blacked out, and couldn't wait to get back in line to do it again. Oh my God, Loved I love it. that. But when it comes to my little bits of happy nostalgia. Yeah. I just, I just want to hang out on the rooftop of spook central with Dana and, and see what happens. And it's, yeah. That's, it's yeah. great. They could have, yeah. they could have put tables and cocktails in that building <laughs> and just sold thousands of dollars worth of tickets for people to stand there and be like, look, I'm drinking my Ecto cooler out of a fancy <laughs> glass in a horror night's house. There's an idea universal. Take it, run with it. Go nuts. There we go. Yeah. Million dollar ideas right here. <laughs> Did um there is a show on history I think it's History Channel and it's um Adam Richmond and he is eating the eighties is what it's called. I don't know if you've seen it. And he went into somebody's well, he has a whole one where he goes into somebody's Star Wars collection and he actually ate the lemon cookies from McDonald's from back in the day. And apparently they still taste okay. But he tried because well, old... it's ninety percent preservatives <laughs> and maybe a little styrofoam. Exactly. Course. And he actually had one of the old ecto coolers, and he tried the old toothpaste. Apparently, the toothpaste wasn't holding up too well, but the ecto cooler held up. Hey, man, that was like a fine dining treat as like a five year old. So yeah. yeah, my mom had to hide it from me. It was green and it tasted good. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was all in on anything green. That was my favorite color. It still is. Like the green ketchup. Green, the, oh. the sludge candy from Blockbuster that you ate out of the tube. <laughs> oh, oh ugh, the texture. Yeah. Oh, I know. Ugh. All that stuff makes my teeth hurt now. I don't know how I ate it. <laughs> I have like two packs of my son's fruit snacks without bouncing off the walls these days. <laughs> what were they doing to us back in the 80s and 90s with the sugar? What for were they doing? For real. I look at those barrel drinks. I don't know if they still taste the same or not, but I bet you there's not nearly as much sugar in those barrel drinks anymore. There is. <laughs> which is the scarier thought. <laughs> yeah. Do you only do Ghostbusters um, cosplays when you go to conventions or do you kind of switch it up with different horror IP or just different IP in general? Oh my gosh. I, I think it all depends on my mood and if I feel like wearing a wig or doing my hair. It's okay. in, you know, with, I, I'm very fortunately people say it. I don't know that I believe it. Say that I favor Kate McKinnon uh, <laughs> in my face and my, her and my personality. So that was, I mean, Oh, yeah. I get to wear paint-covered overalls and a lab coat and eat Pringles in front of people and they'll think it's cool. I'm down. Yeah. Um, so that, I just kind of fell into that one. But working on my perfect Ghostbusters costume, mm. perfect for me. It's never yeah. going to be film accurate, but it's the parts and pieces that I made. I'm real proud of them. Yeah. Yes, I've got the 
um, spirit Halloween version of the walkie talkie because number one, it weighs less. Number two, it has a uh, no ghost symbol on it. And number three, it plays sound bites from the film. <laughs> um, but I just, I, it's whatever I'm passionate about in that moment. I had a pattern to, I, I patterned out a replica of um, Marilyn Monroe's Niagara dress, the pink one with the oh, bow that everybody beautiful. loves, the little peekaboo. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what if I make it out of trashy costume satin, black and red, and iron on big diamonds, and I do a Harley Monroe? <gasps> and so I went That's to MegaCon cool. and got all excited and draped myself on a replica of um, the 89 Babobile and lived my best life. And yeah, it just, it depends on what I'm in the mood to do. I, uh, I'm i desperately in love with um, who I refer to as my son's future stepfather, uh, Jeff Goldblum. So <laughs> when... Um, Ragnarok came out. I knew I had to make a replica of his Grandmaster costume, so yeah. I did, and I uh, made a little, little, you know, femme version of it. And then his wife liked it on Instagram, and my soul left my body. And I, you know, I'm a nerd. I like nerdy things. Yeah, depending on what I'm in the mood to do. But up on the, like a couple Halloweens ago, we had our buddies over to carve pumpkins, and I carved a ghost face pumpkin and said, "Oh, well, I, I think, I think I need to make." a Casey Becker costume. I think I do. I think I need to just throw on a little blonde wig and some, oh my God, the jeans were horrible. I found some super, super pale boot cut mud jeans from like 95. (laughs) Oh, and they were not flattering, but worked great for the photo. That's great. I love that. So have you gotten your son and your husband in on the like, you need to do a group costume thing? (laughs) My poor son. So I, he was born on Harry Potter's birthday, July 31st. And this was, so it's 2020. So full on COVID baby. Okay. And you know, Halloween being about 20 minutes later and me trying to figure out how to be a parent and learning all that stuff. Uh, I'm ashamed to say that as a costume designer for Walt Disney for the past nine years, my son's first costume was a Ruby's costume in a bag. Oh no. Um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I threw on my Cute. Ghostbusters jumpsuit, and I put a little stuffed slimer in the bushes outside our house and drug my husband outside to take photos of us in 90-degree <laughs> Halloween temperatures in Florida. Right. Um, but then last year, he got his little custom Bluey costume. The kiddo loves some Bluey, and but that also didn't stop me from making him wear a yellow raincoat and hold a little paper boat and a balloon <laughs> to stand in front of our front room window where I had taken my dress form and decked it out like Pennywise and put flaming battery powered lights in the eyes and made this huge like circus tent curtain behind him out of um, Dollar Tree red plastic tablecloths. Um, and then, you know, the sweet little innocent baby standing in the front yard with his balloon <laughs> being all precious. And I'm like, this is everything to my soul and yes. so agent appropriate. Yeah. So um, when he gets like to because he walks now, right? He he's yeah, he's mobile. Yeah. So have you have do you have any like cons on the horizon that you're like, or is he just not ready yet? I don't, it's going to be a little bit for that, I'm yeah. sure. But because I, I can barely wrangle him as is. I cannot imagine him on a con floor. Um, but we do have plans for some photo ops on the road. We actually just sold everything and bought a 42 foot camper so that we could see the country. And, uh, one of the pit stops on the list, we've got two that I'm really excited about, um, on our way out of seeing my family in Kentucky, we're going to go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So I can check in on the Mothman. And so little man's probably going to have a little outfit inspired by that. And then the week before Halloween, we are going to stop in Salem 
Perfect. So that I can, yeah. So I'm either going to get real convoluted with it and make him a Billy Butcherson costume, and depending on what my toddler will allow, or he's <laughs> just going to be a sweet little Binks the cat. Oh, that's so precious. Well, if you're ever up in Sleepy Hollow, give me a holler and we'll go see the Headless Horseman Bridge. Um, also, there is the, this is like horror adjacent, but I find these animatronics super terrifying. The, um, Pizza Party Palace, there's the last one left in West Virginia. Stop it. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing it down. Yes, I'm doing it. I need an address. Can If you can just I, send me an address and I can go scar my son for life, that would be amazing. Yeah, oh I got no, you. No, you just, you just slap me in the face with so many emotions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, yes, it's in this, like, random town in West Virginia, but it's the last standing with the whole crew, the whole, like, Mopsy Mozzarella, like, all of them are there. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah. And it's still like like an operating, like it's a pizza party pal. Like there's food and there's games for kids and the show and. That's perfect. Yep. That's on the list. Put that, <laughs> throw that on the map. Stick a pin in that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm so excited to see your journey on the road and to like, I just want to live through these pictures. Like, that's just awesome. Like, that's something that I – I don't know if I have the gumption to do, but it's definitely something that I've always been interested to do, to just, like, travel around the country and, and see the world. We just kind of looked at each other one day and decided that we were done being in an office for right now. And, you know, we've all been cooped up for the last couple of years. And, yeah. you know, I, I put my son in a park, and he picks up a pine cone and goes, wow. I mean, there's other days where he – looks at a leaf wrong and it hurts him and scars him emotionally because he's a toddler and throws himself right. on the ground kicking and screaming. But <laughs> you know, there's beautiful parks in this country and I, you know, the n- never ending opportunities for a fun cabin in the woods photo shoot. And I don't know, maybe I'll run into Bruce Campbell in the woods one day. That sounds fun too. Yeah. Oh, I'll keep my fingers crossed that that happens for you. That moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So um, where can my listeners find you if, if they if you're if you want people to follow you thousand years old and not on the tiktoks or the facebooks but i do have an instagram account and i made up my handle probably 15 years ago <laughs> um i'm jedi pixie on the instagrams uh but you know we'll see if i this whole new less corporate life being on the road may open me up to uh some more adventures uh career-wise might pick up some extra projects and and throw a new website together and see what happens there but we also um if you're interested in our adventures on the road uh we went ahead and snagged the name the butler's bigger boat i love that on the instagram yeah for bruce (laughs) of course uh so we'll uh be posting pictures and videos there from our adventures out in the wild blue yonder of america that's incredible and did you bring your sewing machine with you so you can craft along the way they brought my sewing machine with me. Are you kidding? That sucker weighs probably 20 pounds. And I was able to get my basic sewing supplies down to one large tackle box. Okay. Um, and my mini ironing board and my mini iron. No, that, that sucker had to come on the road with me. I told my grandmother, I said, is it crazy that I'm taking it? She said, honey, to anybody else that's like bringing a winter coat, you just, you need that. You bring it with you. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for sitting down with me today. It, I, really enjoy catching up with you because we also like we've caught up like here and there but it was really nice to like sit down and catch up i'm bummed that our um schedules never connected when i was up in new york working on all the fun new york things but i've been seeing everything you've been working on and it's incredible and i'm so excited for you and i'm so proud actually i think 
the project that you were working on up in New York. So my fiance works for Shineflug, which is a rental house company. And you guys, Disney rented gear from from them. And he, he like came across the order form. He was like, wait, is this what your friend's working on? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, that was that was crazy fun getting to be up there. And I, you know, I got experience doing parades. I got experience doing shows. This was my first time dressing my cats for a window for the Christmas sales at the department stores. So that was you never know where life's going to take you, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've had quite a journey and it's not over yet. So definitely follow Christine because she's incredible. And also like go go through backlog of her costumes cuz they're that Jeff Goldblum one is stellar. I will like it's fantastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to review as it helps other listeners to find the podcast. And you can follow as well on Instagram at hanging by a thread BTS and on Twitter at hanging underscore BTS. I will keep asking the questions and untangling the details to keep you all hanging by a thread. Bye.